It's the podcast equivalent of a third-party SNES controller. It's the This Game Wear podcast with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley! Hello, everybody. I don't think we are again. I don't think we are a third-party SNES controller, are we? Well, that was one of your ones, so... Is it? Yep. Clearly forgotten that. It's a good one, though. Yeah, it was. It's solid. It's actually pro- it's pro- probably the best one ever. <laughs> one of the ones actually. that you said. Yeah. yeah probably thanks. the best introduction you've ever done. Solid gold. Superb. All right. How are you, Ashley? Hey, I'm good, thank you. Good, good, good. You all right? I'm great, thank uh, you. Do you know what? One day I'm going to let you ask and then I'm not going to ask. All right. I'm not going to ask back. See what happens. I'm glad you're uh, all right today, though. I'd probably feel a bit awkward and then just move on with my life. <laughs> okay. That sounds good for me. Cool. So this week it is this game where you play as one of a number of superheroes. You explore a range of locales across city and it is true to its license. I think that you are far too intent on turning this podcast into a Sonic and Lego vehicle. Right. I'm very angry with you. Why? What do you think very it is? Very angry. I think it's... I, I'm going to guess that it's Lego Batman something or other. So there's Lego Batman 1, number 2, or 3 Beyond Gotham. Oh, 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 oh. Also, actually... Is it DC Superhero Girls? Uh, Just uh, yeah, well done. Is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's not a Lego game. Oh, good. I I was kind of thinking that it was Lego Batman something or other. No, I've and not, then not and played. then I remembered that. Not played one of those for a while. DC Superhero Girls is in the house. Absolutely, it is. Yes, this is DC Superhero Girls Team Power for the Switch. It's going to be one of those episodes where I talk about a game that I'm playing at the moment, or me and my daughter are playing at the moment, and talk about it, and then. Wrap up and go home for some tea afterwards. What? Okay. Weird. I mean, it's a short episode, so we'll have time to go home metaphorically for tea to our separate houses. Oh, okay. I'm I'm glad that. Yeah, that was super clear. Thanks. You've not heard that phrase before. Home in time for tea. No. Really? No. We had very different lives growing up, didn't we? Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my posh voice. Try and fit in. That's very good. Thank you. Uh, yes, so DC Superhero Girls Team Power is a game for the Switch that my daughter got for Christmas that we are playing through at the moment. It is a not quite a fighting game, not quite an action adventure game, not quite an RPG either, but it certainly borrows elements from all of those into one heady concoction. A bit of a brawly type affair, from what I can see. Like a 3D, open worldy. Streets of Rage, but with DC superhero girls instead of ripped blokes. You said that in a very lusty way. Ripped blokes. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, that is a, it's a very good touch point, actually, Streets of Rage. I hadn't really thought about that before. But yeah, it's a, a kiddie-friendly Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage? Streets of Rage. There is a lot to this game, a surprising amount to it. There's, there's depth and gameplay modes all over the option, which I, I'm really impressed with. So I'm going to mm. try and talk to you today about some of those gameplay modes and try and explain why this game is so good okay the game came out in june 2021 it's a nintendo exclusive so well, switch exclusive because it's published by nintendo the developer is toybox inc who i'd never heard of so i had to look into what they've done they created mm. deadly premonition 2 all right okay well <laughs> that's a bit of a swerve on the development path isn't it is, is, From Dead, Deadly Premonition to this. Is that the game with the camera? The spooky camera? Is that a 
And that's not, is it? No, that's Fatal Frame. Yes, yeah, nothing or... like Deadly Premonition. What's Deadly Premonition Project 2, then? Zero. Deadly Premonition 2 is a de- uh, the open-world survival horror video game developed by Toy Box Inc., White Owls Inc., and now production. That's the one. That's... I think it was... Was it, was it published by Rising Star Games? I think it for the was, Nintendo yeah. Switch on... I'll tell you what, now that I'm... I'm at, as you can tell, I'm reading from my Google results because you put me on the spot. But now that I'm looking at this, I think Deadly Premonition 2 was a sequel to a cult classic Deadly Premonition. And that Deadly Premonition 2 is like absolutely shonky as hell, but on purpose. But nobody's enjoying it in the way that they enjoyed the original. Because the original was shonky by accident and uh. became this cult phenomenon because of it. And then they, they tried to recreate that and didn't. Is that right? Is that that one? The sequel, they tried to lean into it to maybe do it ironically and make it ironically rubbish. And then it just actually was rubbish. I think that might be that one, yeah. Right, okay. Well, Toybox Inc. then, they made that. But let's just put that to one side because this game is really, really good. Surprisingly good. I thought that this was announced during Nintendo Direct probably about March, April 2021. And I remember when it got announced that the internet reacted with derision and, oh, this looks rubbish. There was lots and lots really? of vitriol aimed at it. Whereas I thought it looked really good. My my daughter, being a big DC Comics fan, as in we, you mentioned Lego Batman earlier, she really enjoyed Lego DC Super Villains, which we've covered in an earlier episode. The actual TV show this is based on, DC Superhero Girls, is absolutely amazing. It's really good, really well animated, funny, got some really good stories and plots to it. Um, it a bit like, um, it reminds me a lot of like the golden age of Cartoon Network in the, in the style of the cartoon with like Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo, that sort of thing. With some, Yeah, the cartoon with, cartoons. Yeah, precisely. Where you'll have episodes that actually focus on the superhero girls as superheroes but there might be some episodes that focus on them just as teenagers trying to live their life or Mm. all episodes that sort of tell those two elements together and it's really enjoyable it's all on netflix as well or at least first two series are oh is it right okay yeah highly recommend it there's an exceptionally good episode where supergirl gets taken over by raz al ghul who is the front leader of a rock band and he casts his spell on her as part of this rock music. And it goes into this music video where he takes her over. And it goes into this really wonderful black and red style of animation as he's taking her over to this song. Uh, the song itself is really good as well. And then it's a two-part episode. And that concludes the first part. And the second part is then Supergirl under his control. And the rest of the superhero girls trying to rectify it. And it culminates with the DC superhero boys. So that's Aqua, Lad, The Flash and Green Lantern doing this like bubblegum pop NSYNC style song that manages to get diverge her of this this spell and release her from it and uh, that's also hmm. a really good song as well well all of that sounds good I'm just going to jump in here just to clarify on the deadly premonition oh, okay <laughs> you still be I, on that track I was definitely I was definitely listening I was definitely <laughs> listening to you there and I wasn't looking uh, at, at the wikipedia page for deadly premonition no of course um, not but if I were to look at that, I would find out that Deadly Premonition received wildly varying critical reviews and actually holds the Guinness World Record oh. for the most critically polarizing survival horror game. As if that, it's, as if that Guinness World Record category exists. I thought that was very strange, it's a very niche category. Um, but it, it is the game that I was thinking of. Um, it is the game that I was thinking of. It, it had a bit of a, it had a polarizing. The original had a polarizing critical response some people took the rough edges uh with a grain of salt and other people really slammed it for it the deadly premonition 2 
Ugh. Deadly Premonition 2 had quite a rocky um, release. And again, this is coming from uh, the Wikipedia page, but they the, the way it's summed up there is that some critics concluded that the game did not reach the same heights as Deadly Premonition, with the other elements of the game unable to compensate for the technical performance. So whereas the technical, uh, whereas the original game was a bit shonky, other things that people felt other things heightened it and mm-hmm. made it much better than the sum of its parts. This one didn't. Well, luckily, this is the complete polar opposite. This that. game's much better. This yes. is a really good game. Just want to talk about the TV show. Then this looks mm. like an episode of the TV show. The style of animation, the way the characters have this almost cel shaded look to them, it looks really good. They've also got the voice artists from the actual TV show to do voices for this game. And it's not completely voiced the whole time. Uh, there are some points at which characters don't. They just text boxes appear. But I, that's very few and far between. The The vast majority mm. of the time, the main characters speak for everything. And there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of cutscenes, a lot of conversation between the characters. So there's an awful lot of voice work at, at, at play here as well, which, again, is really effective. Yeah, I've seen this game in motion and it reminded me of the Adventure Time games, which, again, talking about polarising um, opinions, those those sort of split people. Some people really love them, some people really hate them. But the, the important point here is that some of those games, some of the um, Adventure Time games, they look like a cartoon. They like they look like a cartoon, a playable. They look like a playable cartoon. And from what I've seen of DC Superhero Girls, that it's the same here. It's basically a cartoon in in fully playable form yeah completely even down to really nice touches such as when you're doing the, the brawl elements the fighting elements when you unleash a special move it comes up with this panel like in a comic book that zigzags across the screen Kapow. yeah that sort of thing and that i really like that and that's really really effective as well uh, again just before we move off the actual tv show the plot of it um, is very similar to something the sort of thing that would happen in a tv show there's a, a bad guy called the toy maker who has created lots of bad toys it's sort of something the joker might do i guess that are running a mock over the city and you've got to stop the toy maker and stop all his toys before it all goes bad or worse which is fun right so let's talk about the actual the brawling elements of it the the fighting is really solid you you start off in a fight sequence whatever it is you've got your health bar as you're attacking enemies your stamina skill bar will fill up and then you'll be able to unleash a special attack that will take out lots at a time depending on which character you're playing as so you start off playing as Batgirl I think it is and then you unlock uh, two other good guys so Wonder Woman and Supergirl and then you also unlock three of the villains Harley Quinn, Catwoman and Star Sapphire who is a bit like Green Lantern but more like a a love Mm. kind of version of Green Lantern each of them has their own play style. Supergirl can fly, she can fire lasers. Batgirl has a grapple that you can use to navigate around really quickly, which I really like as well, a bit like the Spider-Man game uh, recently. And they all attack differently as well. Obviously in battles, Supergirl has lots of abilities at her uh, command that other ones don't. Uh, Wonder Woman has a shield that she can use for defense and they all have their own different um, skills they use as well. As he builds up this... Um, skill bar then i said you wouldn't like i'll really repeat that as you say as you complete battles you unlock power stars 
which you then use to level up using an ability tree. And you can, again, customize how you do that with each character. So if you want to really focus on leveling up their hit points, you can really focus on that. If you want to give them access to more skills, you can choose to focus on that. And this is spread across all six of the superheroes. So when you've, while you've only got a certain number of power stars, it then becomes a bit of a question of, right, I could level up, um, let's say Supergirl with these, or I could save up because actually Star Sapphire, I'm only a few hundred away from being able to level up her HP, for example. And then it then brings in that kind of RPG element of that and trying to balance your team to make it as powerful as possible. It's probably in the player's interest to kind of level up the character's at an even keel because some missions depending on what the missions are you might have to go into it and have to play as wonder woman for example and if you've been putting all your eggs in one basket and have left wonder woman behind then that battle is then going to be quite difficult although if you struggle with a battle it does then offer you an assist mode where i think it lowers the the hp of the um, enemies as well or, or, or whatever to make it easier but again that's one of these things we talked about in games before about how it's it knows its audience. It, it knows how to tailor what the experience is to the audience, which, again, I appreciate. Mm. Within the battles, there are also challenges additional to them. For example, completing a brawl in three minutes or finish it with 80% of your hit points left or gaining an attack chain of more than um, 70, for example, but so hitting 70 times without being hit yourself. You can also dodge attacks, which will then enable you to sort of go back and attack with a super-powered um, hits which is also really good as well the challenges we've not really dipped into too much you can go back and replay challenges uh, we've not done that a great deal but i like the fact that's there as an option as well before i move on to the next part of the game then is there anything else you want to ask about the the fighting aspect no no okay i'll move straight on then the main <laughs> no i just want, want to keep it fair okay right the game is an open world affair where you go around and characters will have exclamation marks above their heads. They might ask you to do missions and you can do those in whatever order you want. You can leave them if you want to, if you want to press through the main game. The submissions are the sort of thing that you'd expect in a game like this. It might be that someone's lost their cat and they want you to go find it or they want you to go and retrieve a toy that they left behind on a rooftop for whatever reason. So off you go and get that and then you get rewards with power stars. The main thing that the game does in the open world aspect which i think is realized really effectively is this thing called superstar which is s-u-p-a-s-t-a superstar or maybe it's s-u-p-e-r-s-t-a i can't quite remember the the idea is this is effectively instagram oh now right that was my reaction i thought "Mm, i'm not really sure about that as a a way to structure the game around but i think it's done very effectively at any point, you can get your superhero's camera out and get them to pose in different, you know, if they want to jump up and down the spot or pull a silly face. You can do a selfie, you can do it, you're taking a photo of something. And then when you take the photo, you then post it to your superstar. And as you'll then carry on through the game, you'll get notifications about random people commenting on your post. But then also the other superheroes might comment on your post as well, or indeed the villains might comment on your post. And the way that's done really genuinely feels like those are characters that. I don't know what script is at work yeah. here for these. It's really, really cleverly done. But some of the missions tie into the superstar as well. So you might be walking past a group of people and the speech bubbles appear above their head and one of them might say, oh, I hear that green bridges are trending on superstar. So you think, okay, I saw a green bridge over this side of the map. So you go over to that side of the map and take a photo of the, of the green bridge and then that will then start trending 
gaining you more followers and likes, etc. There are some submissions that can only be accessed after you've got a certain number of likes or followers. Those numbers are quite big, so it's more like the end of game thing. I think that's quite well done in terms of the game itself. I'm not sure personally about the message that sends to people playing it. You mean the ethical uh, dilemma of encouraging people to engage in superficial social media? Completely that, yes. Exploits. Yeah, that was the thing that I alrighted about. Like, I just don't know how gamifying this experience that for so many people leads to difficult to navigate somewhat extreme but all too frequent moments things like that i don't don't know if a children's game should really be you know driving kids towards it It, it, the social media platforms they have a a 13 age limit like a minimum age of of 13 years old i think that's probably too low anyway and Mm. i know that it's flouted by parents up and down the country um but uh i think it's also telling of of the impact that it can have like they're saying mm, you probably should be old enough to do this or maybe it's nothing to do that with it maybe it's some kind of stranger danger minimum age limit yeah it, or, or something like that it but, could be all manner of things I, I i completely agree with you i think this is done in a way that's in keeping with the characters because this is the sort of thing they would do in the tv show and i think it's presented in a very safe way you can't that's problematic in itself isn't it though? what do you mean I think the fact I, that the character is doing it in in the TV show. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a difficult one because I think children's media likes to and possibly should reflect the norms of of society as a whole, and social media is very much a, a part of the tapestry of life these days, yeah. for better or worse. So maybe there should be some element of. Uh, ex- exposure or engagement with it in children's media but then at the same time it, it really depends on how they do that and whether those can be trans whether, whether those engagements with it in that ch- in that children's media is then transformative for those children and the experience that they have on that on those platforms because if they if they get so for example if that's too jargony or whatever to not if that's impenetrable I'm worried that I'm talking about this in a in a slightly obscure way, but to solidify it in an example, if that children's say superstar DC superhero girls is talking about social media and everyone on social media that's a goodie is really lovely to you and really nice on on social media and they're all like oh yeah you you look so great and all this one that creates unrealistic expectations of what social media is actually like yeah and it's gonna take. It's going to take those kids by surprise if they end up on social media and there's all these shitbags coming at them for really inane, obscure, stupid reasons. And it's it's far more combative and nasty than than actually they they were led to believe by these engagements with it in children's media. Um, and two, even the good social media, even the good aspects of social media are actually quite superficial and used as a mask in a lot of in a lot of situations people's lives on social media aren't actually people's lives they're a representation of yeah. it they and they're what you they're what people want you to know about themselves and oftentimes that's a an idealized version of their life and they've got all these difficulties in their lives that people on on the social media platforms don't know about 
um, by by design, and it kind of it 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 asks people to minimise those things in a way that I don't think is healthy for those people. That's not going to come up in DC Superhero Girls, is it? No. The, the inaccuracy of of social media platforms and what they represent, uh, what is presented on them, that's just not going to come up. So yeah, it's it's a very I, I'm very conflicted about what I, I hear about it in children. What you just said, it's in DC Superhero Girls, the TV show. It's in DC Superhero Girls as an intrinsic part of gameplay in the game, and I go, oh. Yeah, because it's such a difficult to navigate, ethically boggy area of life. As a as a parent, watch my daughter play it. Mm. I think it's yeah. done well, and I I feel that it's one of those things where I could shield her from social media because of the exact reasons you just outlined, but. Social media is here. We've got to kind of live with it. And I think giving her an exposure to kind of the <laughs> positive aspects of it, I think is a a way to show her that. But yeah. then but then I completely agree with your point as well that it's only presenting one aspect of it, which is potentially damaging in itself. Yeah, at the risk of turning this into a podcast about not games, um, I don't think that people should be shielded from anything. Like I I think that when things exist, by and large, especially things like social media, where it's like it's like the mobile phone of our day. You know, parents were resistant to getting their kids' mobile phones for right, rightly or wrongly. And I remember being enamored with the idea of having a mobile phone and be able to text text kids. Yeah. Uh, that sounds dodgy. Yep. But I was a kid at the time, being able to text my friends. Um, I remember being, you know, really wanting that. And social media is the facsimile of, of that experience. So kids, by the time they're 10, are probably sort of quite aware of what social media is and quite into the idea of being on it. And oftentimes do get on it at, at 10 years old. It's inevitable to some extent that that's going to happen. So I don't think that shielding is the right answer. I think that education is the right yeah, answer, completely. as is often the case, and that children and people in general need to be should should be encouraged not to present false realities on social media. So the the idea that you might feel like you have to present your best self on Instagram or Facebook. Um, so that people think that everything's hunky-dory in your life. I don't think that we should play into that. And yeah. I don't think the media should play into that. I think that they should be encouraged to be open and honest. And to be quite frank, I think that they should also be talked to frankly about it and encouraged to engage with it as little as possible and not feel like they have to be constantly online. Yeah, to actually live a life, to go out and do things. I don't mean in that old person way, why don't you go out and ride a bike? I mean, if you, I mean, actually going out and seeing people. Yeah. Rather than talking to them on Facebook. Have an experience with someone rather than feeling the need to post about it afterwards or during being with them. Yeah, yeah. Don't feel like every time you go out and have a day trip, that you have to tell everybody about it in order for it to be a worthwhile thing to do. It sometimes feels like in order for something to be worth having done or to be worth doing, that people feel like they have to document it. Yeah, yeah definitely. It. And to show it to other people. Yeah. This is what this is what's happening with us. But that's not the case. No. It's not been the case for hundreds of years. On top of that, you might have 200 people on your Facebook thing 
the amount of people that actually genuinely are interested or engaging with that stuff that you're putting on there is minimal. Yeah, completely. So it, it then begs the question, what Why? is the point of the effort that you're making? Well, it's that um, cyber venom, isn't it? Why don't we all just stop? Yeah, I just wish people would. I... What? There's also the bit where he's laid down on the on the pillow and he's talking into the mic. And he's saying about, oh, um, did we ever stop to consider that maybe it wasn't the best idea to hand the lives of our children over to these monomaniacal uh, social media platforms or something like that? What? Wasn't he? Like where it was a bit of a highfalutin way of saying that. Did, did you notice that I was listening very intently? Then you said you talked about its involvement with social media and I properly woke up and I was like, no, it's not OK. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't save the children. <laughs> it's somebody it think was, of the children. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it's genuinely, it's a bit of a bee in my bonnet, that, as you can probably, I don't know. So let me just be clear. I don't know how much of the conversation that Chris and I have just had will actually end up in, in this finished podcast. You might only hear a fraction of the last hour's <laughs> conversation that, that we've had on social media. But it's it's an important topic. We need to We need to make sure that children are brought into that realm in a considered way for their own sake yeah so going back to the game anyway (laughs) going back to the game i've talked about these submissions the uh, finding things that people have lost you can help old ladies across the road Uh, there's graffiti that's been spray painted by bad guys like the uh, uh cat girl logo for example you take photos of that again using your phone post it on superstar and that might get likes as well maybe but all these things that you do all uh, gain you money the money can then be used to go shopping. Yay! Another part of capitalist society to fall over. See, that was yeah. I I agree. You get me on another one in a minute. I agree. And again, as a father, like oh, this game's t- teaching my daughter to to post stuff on social media and, and then to to go clothes shopping because it is clothes shopping. You buy outfits for the characters. Is uh, it? Yeah. And I was. Uh, the thing is, the thing is, let let right. Okay, let's just take a step back. Okay, I'm predisposed to judge. And what I'm going to do right now is check myself before I wreck myself. Good call. Because because the reality of games at the moment, certainly, in fact, more so now than ever, is that the aesthetics of of, of uh, characters are the, are the thing. So if you look at Fortnite, being able to dress up in the latest clothes, in the latest skins is quite important to that community and it, it i think the thing that makes us predisposed to well maybe maybe not i think in general the idea that shopping should be a hobby is a bit of a strange thing that we've been bred into so uh, and i don't mean male or female but um here in this specific instance because this go because this game is made with a target audience of young young ladies mm-hmm. uh, in mind i think there's a certain predisposition certainly from male commenters to tar it with a certain brush and that's that um oh this girl's game that's uh that's fo- hyper focused on shopping and uh social media i do feel like we're talking about it a little bit more than that but it, can, it might come across that we are those those commenters that are, that are just looking at something that is girls interests and going mm, that's not okay because we're not girls and that happens far too much i think in uh in the commentariat like 
girls' stuff, girls' interests gets maligned and uh, by, by curmudgeonly men. And I think that was pretty much the reaction, as I said, when this was announced at the Nintendo Direct, was you know, that when they're showing off the superstar aspect, they're showing off the clothing aspect, that mm. they got tired of this brush. There is a lot more to this game than that, which is why I'm talking about it today, because I think it is a really, really good game. Mm. Well, I, I, what I'm, I th- maybe I haven't said that very well. What I'm trying to say is that it doesn't have to be more than more than that because it if that's genuinely the interests of young ladies young girls then then that should be allowed to stand because the the world is a man's world and to to judge everything by what a man wants or likes isn't really fair when when 50 percent of the population is is female completely or, or i think it might be more than that now um so apologies if it's coming across that way um the the problems i have with them aren't so much that they are traditionally female pursuits it's that shopping as a hobby feels like a psychological societal sickness that is born out (laughs) fucking hell it sounds like a left (laughs) i mean i am i am left but um (laughs) it does sound like it does sound like i i'm uh i'm going down a a well, to be honest, fuck it. I'm going down it. This is anti-capitalist, an anti-capitalist view. We have been bred into feeling like shopping is a worthwhile pastime because it's a necessary activity in order to keep the economy, the economy stimulated. So the I, so we've been given this idea that shopping is a hobby, and it's a, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And this game taps into that. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. the problem that I have. It's not that it's not that it's trying to cater to to girls. It's that it's trying to facilitate a sickness. So to clarify the shopping, <laughs> light then, and airy. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> to clarify the shopping, each character has a range of hats, tops, trousers, slash skirts, and shoes that they can wear. So you can then customize their outfits that you're playing as uh, playing in as you're exploring the city. Which is very on on of its time in the sense that aesthetics, skins are the thing. Mm. So dressing dressing your character up is is a big deal. When you're exploring the city in the kind of the free exploration mode, the character you're playing as you are playing as them, non superhero-y. So uh, Supergirl is Kara and Batgirl is Barbara Gordon, etc. Because obviously you're not going to walk around the city dressed as Batgirl, Supergirl, because you want to try and keep your identity secret. For the fighting, you can then buy alternative costumes for them uh, during those mission aspects when you're playing as actual superheroes and the superhero outfits are actually from specific comics and it gives you a little blurb about which one it's from so for example uh, barbara gordon batgirl has an outfit that it says is from the crisis on infinite earth storyline so a nice little reference there for people who are actually into the comics properly i thought cool there is also an area of the city that has a very simplistic city creator mode you unlock buildings as you're going through and you can then create them in a very very simple sim city type thing where you can customize the neighborhood to be to look like what you want it to look like so if you want to have lots of apartment buildings if you want to have mixture of apartment buildings and restaurants or if you want to have um just an entire shopping district then it's up to you how you customize that and it's as mm. i said it's not very detailed not very in-depth but i like that as like a bit of a breathing space in between the the fighting aspects or mission aspects of the game there is a lot to mm. it the actual game took my daughter the, the main part of it took my daughter between 15 to 20 hours to complete and then after that there is there are so many submissions and extra things you can do to try and grind through the power stars to upgrade the characters to get through harder uh, fights and or to go back and 
get your uh, your challenge targets from the earlier fights as well. There is there is a lot to it, which again I was surprised with because a lot of the reaction, as I said, when it, the game was first announced, was how slight and cheap it looked, or people thought it was. Actually, I don't think it looked slight or cheap at all. I thought it looked amazing, and actually, it's amazing. I'm very impressed with the quality you, of the game. You mean you mean graphically or just in general? Uh, just in general, I think graphically it looks really good, but I think people thought yeah. it was going to be a, a cheap tie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you a mean. A cheap tie-in yeah. it, that was polished, if that if that makes sense. And, I did, and yeah. it, it isn't. A superficial, shallow experience yeah. with a, a bit of gloss, a, a bit of paint on, on the surface. Um, I, I don't remember this game being announced, so I, I can't pull on the experience of that, but I can well imagine what it what the response was yeah. and i think it does it does tie into this idea that girls things are less than yeah completely and and that's what i was trying to get at with my previous spiel it's interesting isn't it what certain games draw out of you because there, there'll be people looking at this podcast that won't even listen to it for that very reason that it's on dc superhero girls and it's a girls game that therefore it must be less than so they won't even listen to it but equally there's more at least as far as i'm concerned there's more interesting dialogue to be had around this this than a lot of the top tier triple a fair so one of the things that i try and do and that i try and encourage with the young people in my life the people the young kids that i know is that just because you've been told that this is a boy's thing and this is a girl's thing. These are not concrete ideas. You can enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. And what what you enjoy is what you enjoy. It doesn't matter what, what label it's been given. Things aren't one way or another because of the colour that they are. You know, pink doesn't denote the things for girls and blue doesn't denote what, what's for boys. And all of this stuff is nonsense that is passed on by stupid societal expectations and they are only the tip of the they're only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to living a life in these in our society because as an adult all these expectations get ramped up into really weird and and i think maybe even more damaging and hostile expectations and it all starts when they're kids so if you can try and i think at least erode away a little bit of those nonsensical ideas that society tries to set their kids up with you're on your way to at least making a half healthy human being adult human being absolutely i don't know if i'm doing a good job of explaining myself but these are genuinely that the reason these things get me riled up is because they are topics they are ideas that i have been thinking about for, for for a long time for quite a few years and that that i think are really important in terms of where we're heading as a society the idea of equality specifically gender equality is wrapped up in the way that we look at dc superhero girls and and games like it games for girls the idea of mental health as adults is wrapped up in the expectations that are set up set up for us as children and part of that is the societal norms that we have all or or far too many of us have been have, have happily readily accepted as the norms that then make you think in very strange ways and think that those ways that are actually because they're so widespread are okay mm. and it's not <laughs> so yeah i get i get impassioned about it because i'm genuinely impassioned about it so apologies no that's fine yeah well uh I'm, I'm... what were you talking about <laughs> uh, well <laughs> Before that, I was going to start wrapping up and just kind of talk about like the game as 
I've talked about a lot, a lot about the game, and I, I wrote a list about what you can do at any point. Um, so at any point of the game, you can choose to do one of the following. You can continue the story. You can do side missions. You can rebuild the city. You can explore the open world to collect things. You can do some grinding of challenges in the VR mode. You can do your superstar. You can change characters because you can swap between the characters and explore the city as each one. There is so much to do at any point of the game, which, again, I'm really impressed with. Uh, when you finish the game as well, it also unlocks new game plus. So you can then play through the game again mm. with harder enemies, which again, I think is a really nice feature that doesn't have to be there, but it is. A question that I have, obviously your daughter started playing games with you yeah. or, or experiencing games um, at quite an early age, I suppose. How old was she when you were playing Breath of the Wild that first time? It would have been 2018, so she would have been very young. 2018? She would have been three years yeah, old, she was four three. years old. Three watched me play it at age yeah. three. It does sound fun to the box. It just said and 12, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll let that start. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know what we know why that is. And um, I don't think that's here, here or there. But I remember that she was genuinely, she was genuinely very engaged mm. with what was going on. She was enjoying it sort of by proxy. You were doing the yeah. playing. Um, but obviously she's she's seven now. I just wondered how much is her first and fourth, how much is her playing and how much is you playing and her experiencing? Well, in terms of her wanting to play the game or... Well, is it is it wholly her? Is she in, in complete control? Is she going around the... Right, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah. Like she's I've... seven years old. She's a young gamer. Is she playing the game for herself? Or is yeah, she yeah. Cause I've, I've not touched this at all. There's, there's a couple of times where there's been challenges that she's struggled with. There's, there's a few where it goes into a, this... Satana is a character who can conjure things up and there's a, a few levels quite or quite short sequences that are in this kind of dream world um section a bit like obviously not to quite the same extent about the scarecrow bits in Arkham Asylum where it's all very abstract and there's floating buildings etc and some of those mm. uh, she struggled a bit with the platforming elements uh, but that was only after a few tries but other than that she has exclusively played this even to the point where I would be sitting watching her playing it and and ask her if, if i can have a go and she'll say no oh good yeah <laughs> yeah well that's what i was trying so she's seven years old so that should give people a good idea of where it's pitched like it's not too difficult that a young fairly experienced for a seven-year-old gamer yeah um she can pick it up and and therefore presumably it's quite accessible for uh for most gamers uh whatever age or experience level i think that's actually an interesting point that there are increasingly as my daughter has become a gamer i've been aware there are some games that are aimed at younger gamers i.e four five six year olds and they dumb it down too much for them like there's a couple of Paw patrol yeah. games for example that are essentially 2d platformers presented in a 3d plane for example and are very very simplistic this one, as I've said, has a lot of depth to it. There's a lot of gameplay elements to it. There's a lot to it. I think it treats her as a mature gamer, but presents it in an easy-to-digest, easy-to-access package, which I think is also to be commended. And age-appropriate as well. Uh, yeah, and age-appropriate, absolutely. Yeah. I think that is a commendable thing and probably just so difficult to do. So if they've done that, if they've done that well, if they've been able to present something that is well made, well presented, accessible and challenging at the same time, then that's something to to celebrate. Yeah, definitely. And I I I think those I think those experiences do exist more now. Yeah. I think they're, yeah, they're I getting do. more prolific, but um it has always been a problem really, I think of games that the things that are considered age appropriate for certain for certainly for younger gamers they tend to be slight which is one of the reasons that this might have been 
um, given the response that it got. I doubt it was the the main reason, but might have been one. Um, slight and a sort of askew in terms of challenge. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, like you said, with that Paw Patrol thing, they just don't know. It's always interesting seeing adults try and pass children especially if they don't have experience of children like trying to understand how to even just how to speak to a child yeah completely I think some adults they really struggle with that so if you translate that to the difficulties and the challenges of developing a game when some adults have difficulties just speaking to a child and and doing that well the difficulties of, of, of making a game for them are 10 tenfold or hundredfold i think this works because it's a game that treats the players the children playing it as gamers not like children if that makes sense i I think i might have said that already but that's why i think it's successful yeah it's not that they're not treated as children they're treated as children gamers that's probably a better way to phrase it yeah exactly the game first and foremost i would be interested then in seeing this like actually if you bring it around next time you're over Mm. or something like that because i'd be i'd be interested in seeing how it how it actually looks or how it actually plays in motion. Yeah, definitely. Might might be my thing. Yeah. Might be my cup of tea. I don't know. As I said, there's so much to do and the the fighting aspects, I think your your touch point of Street to Rage was a really good one. That the fighting feels so Mm. solid and that is Mm. kind of the main it's not the main part of the game. It's the one of the key gameplay elements, I guess. And with that being so well done, the rest of it kind of falls into place alongside that, I suppose. Hmm. Right, good. Uh, thanks ever so much for for bringing the game. I I do like, I do like hearing about these because I think your angle of being a parent gamer and a parent of a gamer, I think that often uncovers some quite interesting things. Mm. Sometimes it uncovers a Pokemon Smile, which isn't really even a game, but sometimes uh, we get to quick quick update on. on that. We're on to about Pokemon 110 now. I've only got 40 or so left, so that's exciting fantastic i'm glad for you and i'm glad for her um <laughs> well we had a visit to the dentist this yeah, week but... and the dentist was very pleased with the teeth so there's got to be some correlation there did you did you show off how many pokemon she had to him as well him it was a, a female dentist that was a very uh shit <laughs> after yeah well after, there you go after, I, I i after your big conversation no no about, no, no about gender yeah yeah, yeah no I, that genuinely is is the thing that's the thing i i try and be i try and be thoughtful and considered about that i still mess up you just slip into it don't you naturally it just slips out yeah, yeah. i don't think it's that i gender based on expectation i think that it's experience that i gender based on my no not even that it's just that i gender i generally tend towards him because i'm a him mm, fair enough so if there's an ambiguity i tend to to fall on him but i should probably and have been trying to be more i've been i've been trying to say them or they yeah because you don't know I, and i don't mean i don't mean in terms of gender fluid fluidity or anything i mean in ambiguous circumstances mm. like that them or they is entirely the right way to go because there's no expectation or assumption in, in built into those words is there i messed it up there wow so bad, sorry sorry everybody bad boy i'll uh I'll, I think I'm castigating and flagellating enough on podcasts. I think you are, so yeah. I don't need to do it in my own time. What was I saying? Yeah, sometimes it unearths some interesting stuff, and I think this might well be one of those one of those times. So thank you ever so much for bringing it. Thank you, too, to those people that have suffered alongside Chris through my uh, various musings um, and my impassioned monologues. Apologies 
for those, maybe. Maybe I'll cut that. Maybe I'll cut all of them. I don't know. We'll see. It's probably the episode will probably just be Chris talking about the game. Me going, yep, yeah. okay, yep. Yeah. We'll see. Thank you for sticking with us, regardless, regardless of what it was. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. If you would like to join us for a little bit more, very slight amount more, then you you can come and find us on social media. Yeah, not superstar post though. <laughs> not superstar post. Uh, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, and the YouTube. YouTube. You'll note that in line with my suggestion of not really engaging with it more than you have to, we don't we don't do that much on those. We we probably should do more, but we're both a bit. We're both a bit out of love with the whole social media thing, so that'll be why. At the same time, if you could like, subscribe, rate, and review, that would be good too. I'll uh, I'll see you next week for another episode. Bye. Bye.